Ian, how are you? Good, Craig. How are you? Yeah, good. Welcome to episode 49 of HubShots, the podcast for marketing managers who are using or considering HubSpot. My name is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems and my co-host Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found is here. Hey, Craig. And we're calling this the Wolverine episode. We are. (laughs) That's because of George and Marcus from the HubCast. We'll mention that when we get to shot seven later in the show. But uh, we're recording this on Monday, the 29th of August, and uh, you know what that means? Only 71 days to inbound. That's right. It's getting closer and closer. We're ticking down. Uh, What will we talk about after inbound? We'll have nothing to open the show with. But actually, speaking of news, there is more news about inbound. We've got a new speaker announced. Yeah. Ta-Nehisi Coates. Ta-Nehisi Coates. And I'll just mention this. So here's here's another example of HubSpot going for someone not marketing related, but interest related and world leading in terms of thought. And so I'll just read the start of a quote. Coates is one of the most elegant and sharp observers of race in America. And it goes on about other things like he's won awards and he's very highly respected. Really interested in hearing him and what he has to say, especially as a keynoter at a marketing conference. I think it's amazing kind of range that they've got lined up for inbound. All right, on the shot to HubSpot feature of the week. Yeah, look, I think this is a good one. And you asked me this question, how do you find out where people originated from and how do you build a smart list out of that? Yeah. And I kind of told you a way that I would do it. I haven't done it because I actually use the HubSpot marketing app while I'm on my phone when that lead comes in. So I actually go and look at the web analytics information and I actually see the origination of that. But pretty much how I described it is how you would create a smart list. So Yeah, well... Uh, you know, when you're looking at a contact, you'll often see that first touch and it, and it might say something like <laughs> organic search Correct. and it'll say unknown keywords. Yes. And so a customer was saying, well, how do we actually make a smart list based of just those contacts? And so you, unless you've done this before and actually looked for the field, you might be a bit confused because you might be looking for something that says first touch or first time, first visit. Well, just a quick tip. It's actually called original source and original source drill down one and two. They are in the web analytics properties and we've got a screenshot there. So that's quite handy for you. You can build smart lists on it and you can even drive workflows based on that kind of... All right, so Craig, tell me one thing that you would do based if you had a smart list of all people that basically came off a search, an organic search, what would you do with it? Uh, from organic or depending on the channel, you might give them different messaging. So you could possibly point them down a different funnel. So let's say they came from search... And then you put them down a nurture that talks about Google search, for example. Or if they came from Facebook, you knew they came from a certain, you might have an email nurture around social as lead generation. Yeah, there's plenty of things you could do. It's a really good one to actually have in the system. I encourage you all to go and implement it. Even if you're not planning on running something right now, it's just worth keeping a tab on that smart list and seeing how that grows and how many people are actually coming from that channel. Cool. On to shot three, our challenge of the week. I'm going to call this improving user experience, Craig, because we had a lot of people ask us last week when Google released uh, a very interesting blog post about what's going to happen to uh, mobile search experience come January 10, 2017. And this is more to do with how people interact with mobile sites and about information that people are accessing and about making that a good experience for them. Do you want to talk a bit more about that? Yeah. So first we'll go back on what have you, (coughs) most of our listeners have probably heard this term interstitial and it's basically an ad or something that gets in the way of your experience in between say the page when it's loading or even when it's loaded and you viewing and interacting with it. So on mobile, that's particularly annoying 
And remember, we chatted about this a few episodes back and, you know, pop-ups in general, I hate them and I think most people do. The only reason people do use them is because they are so damn effective, which is annoying. But this is part of uh, Google, I guess, having a bit of balance where they're saying in mobile, when those interstitials or those banners pop up over the top, if it actually is so annoying that it's a bad user experience, they're actually thinking of penalizing them in mobile search results. They won't rank as well. So I actually think this is a really good thing. We want to improve that user experience. And I guess Google uh, looks at it and they say, well, if someone's coming from the mobile search results straight into an interstitial that gets in the way, they can't close it or it's annoying to use, then they normally click the back button and then they don't even you know, interact with the site. So that's a bad experience and Google's looking at trying to reduce that kind of experience. Yeah, so I'll just say what they actually said on their blog. They said to improve the mobile search experience... After January 10, 2017, pages where content is not easily accessible to a user on the transition from the mobile search results may not rank as highly. Translation, you're going to be penalised. That's right. <laughs> Actually, penalised is a bad word. We maybe should use <coughs> All righty. So, yeah, look, I think it's a good thing. And the, the point, I guess, is if you are using pop-ups on your site, especially yeah. for the mobile experience, make sure it's actually not an annoying one. And Google has some good... Um, screenshots here where they talk about what's good and what's yes, not. Yes, correct. All right, on to our shot for opinion of the week. Uh, did you see this one from Read Think, which is HubSpot's medium publication where they're talking about um, what the future of content marketing <coughs> will look like? I thought it was really good. It's an opinion piece, but they're basically saying in the future, the future of content marketing, less content. Yeah, right. So it's interesting. They go through this, they, they, just this, I guess what we're all experiencing is that kind of overload of content. There's yes. just so much content and there's so much bad content. And they're saying the good content marketing of the future, be less content, but it's more treated as a product. And I yes. really like how they said, but your content manager is actually more of a product manager. They see their content as a product for their brand, for their company, and then they want to develop it well. So, you know, these products that have tons of useless features that just take up time and confuse things, making it simpler and more useful for the user. That's where content said. I thought it was an interesting read, and, yeah, it's worth, worth considering. I want to highlight one of the things in here. Um, it's the top highlighted part where it says, a small portion of our content is responsible for an outsized portion of results. And, they, and it was a part of the content marketing power law, which go. I thought was interesting. Yeah. Well, that law does hold, though. Yes. You know when you do audits on sites or they're moving a site and yeah. you basically have a look and you find that 90% of their traffic comes from 10% of their pages? Yeah. Absolutely. And we'll tie that in with um, optimizing blog content a little bit later on. Yeah. Hey, by the way, here's an opinion of the week. You know HubSpot's workflow tool? Yes. Do you reckon it could do with some kind of a visual Absolutely. workflow over <laughs> a refresh rework? So we've, we've linked to one of the HubSpot Ideas uh, forum entries where people are saying, why isn't there a visual workflow tool? That yeah. could be great, wouldn't it? I think it would be fantastic. So I know you voted for it. I voted for it. Let's see what happens. I reckon it's going to come <coughs> to pass. We'll find out. All righty. On to shot five, our pro tip of the week. All right, so I thought we'd talk about smart CTAs, Craig. I think, so just be aware, smart CTAs is available in professional enterprise version, not in basic. And it's a great way of actually automatically switching out call to actions based on origin, source of origin, a country, uh, where they came from, what else Device. Device, yes, that's a really good one. So if you're trying to make sure they're on a mobile or a desktop device. 
And can be smart list as well. <clears throat> That's right. So why we wanted to highlight this is just that example, you've actually had traffic from an organic search based on that smart list. You could actually show people a different CTA to somebody that's come from a different traffic source, which I think is really a smart way to do things. Yeah, so I think smart lists, uh, they're, they're interesting. And also you've got to remember, though, that uh, it's not until I actually fill out the form and they're actually a contact that you, you can apply. So just to explain smart CTAs versus normal CTAs, a normal CTA can just be shown to anyone. But smart CTAs really rely on once they've actually you've got them in your database and you can start giving them content that's more tailored to them. So they need to be in there. So you always have a default. So I'll just explain a smart CTA is basically a group of CTAs. So you have individual CTAs and then based on those criteria you're saying, where they've come from, the device or the smart list, you can show them different uh, CTAs. So yeah, it's it's a really nice way of guiding people down. And, and you say, as you say, a smart list could be based on where they originally came from, could be um, from whether they're uh, actually parts of other lists. So one of the ways I do it is I actually have a list uh, for every asset that they yes. might have signed up for. Yeah. And if they've signed up for a particular asset, then that triggers a list so that they don't get that smart CTA in there. In yeah, the, now the I, next... I want to say one, one of the interesting things that you do that I've seen is that you have smart CTAs that only show based on people in Australia and not people outside of the borders of Australia. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, that's another thing you can do. So I only, I only really want to get people signing up into our portal if they're in Australia. Correct. Because we were getting so much traffic <coughs> and a lot of it's social traffic. We were just getting hundreds and hundreds of people signing up and blowing out my database. And, like, that sounds great, right? Hundreds of leads every month. But actually, they're very low quality and not at all relevant. So I actually don't show any offers to people outside Australia. Yeah, so here's a tip. Like, if you've actually got a lot of traffic... For other countries, which is actually the not the right kind of traffic, it's actually a really good way to filter the traffic out and going to get the right people into your database. Exactly. All right, now on to our state of inbound item of the week, Craig. And I thought we'd talk about blog optimization. This is a good one. Yeah, so in HubSpot, this is probably another overlooked area in the optimization tool. They suggest it takes two hours to complete blog optimization. Now, obviously, it depends how big your blog is, how many posts you've got. But I would start with two hours, which is a great way to do it. So, so when you're saying two hours, two hours of what? You're actually talking about one of the projects. Yes, in, one of the projects. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. And actually to explain, in previous episode, we did a, the last three episodes, you did a series on your first inbound campaign Correct. based on a project. This is the next project you're looking at. Absolutely. So we're going to talk about blog optimization. And so the whole goal of this is to actually increase your online traffic to your blog, better target your buyer personas and generate new qualified leads. I'm going to take you through three of the steps today with three pro tips to actually make this happen. So one of the things we see, you want to pick the one blog post to optimize. So pick the blog post that is actually generating the large amount of traffic. So go to your page, your blog page, and actually see which is generating the most traffic. Start with that. Next thing is actually determine which buyer persona the post is targeting. So if you've got posts that are not targeting your persona, now is a good time to go edit and clean that up. So one of the t- pro tips is actually tailor the language of your blog post to mirror the language of your persona. So go back to the persona tool in HubSpot. If you're not using HubSpot, go back to the persona that you created when you started. Actually have a look. Think about the language. Think about how people would call certain things and actually work your way into that. 
The third part is actually to identify one primary long tail keyword. So the pro tip here is if you have a keyword that you've selected that's too long, try a variation of it and use a free tool like keyword.io and get suggestions related to keyword phrases. I think that's really important. Only one long tail keyword. Don't put like about five in there, just stick to one. I see this all the time in people's portals where they're actually trying to target multiple keywords for a blog post and then they end up actually not optimizing it properly for anything. So if you've got multiples in there, strip it all back, think what am I going to target and just go after that. Now next week, I'll go the remaining three to five steps and I'll finish this off. But if you can do these three things this week, you will be ahead of your competition. And what you can do actually in the blog tool, under optimize, you can actually check your SEO score and you can actually figure out what's going on. It'll tell you if you haven't got links within your blog post, if you haven't got an optimized image and various other things, you've got wrong title tags, no meta descriptions. Those are all really important things. So I'd encourage you to go back, have a look at your page performance. That's a good place to start. So page performance in the tool will get you started with this. Excellent tips. Thanks, Ian. Motivation of the week, Craig. All right. So tell us what was our motivation? How do I say a very uh, kind <laughs> motivation for listening to the Hubcast this uh, on Friday night when I got a tweet and I thought, oh, I should have a listen to that. It was very early in the morning. I think I sent you a message at 1am in the morning. So thank you, George and Marcus, for giving us a shout out. And um, yeah, if you're not listening to the Hubcast yet, you should be. We've mentioned them many times, but you probably don't realize there's a bit of a thrill for us because George is a bit of a personal hero of mine. So when he mentioned us and recommended us, I thought that was great. So yeah. yeah. Now to, to oh, go back to the start of this. This is the Wolverine Marcus because they commented us on our Aussie accent. So Marcus said, yeah, we sound like Wolverines. That was great. Uh, the Wolverine show. Anyway, that was Hubcast 106. Take a listen. We've got a link to it in the show notes as well. All right. Resource of the week, Craig? All right. So this is an interesting article I read on Medium, and they'd done some analysis of tweets. It was about 160,000 tweets and come to the conclusion that hashtags are worthless. I thought this was a useful read. And the point is hashtags have been abused by so many people that they're almost big. They're just not providing any relevance. And you'll know this when you see yes. hashtag, you click through to actually, it's just been hashtag jacked or hijacked, yeah. whatever they do. And it is actually, I never click on hashtags no. now. And they kind of mentioned that the only real value of hashtags are if they are a very current event, hashtag to a very current event, they might provide some value or if they're a popular meme in in pop culture at the time but other than that so the point of it is if you're a brand and you know i've seen the banks trying to do this lately try and make some hashtag take off and it's just like no forget <laughs> it it's, it's actually more going to open you up for ridicule so anyway if you want to read the full article and all our analysis we've got a link in the show notes too okay now onto our community item of the week craig useful to see how many different custom audiences and approaches John Luma uses to drive signups for webinars. Yeah. So here's an example of John Luma, who I think we mention every single episode because he's so awesome at Facebook advertising. He runs webinars regularly and his next webinar, he's got 10,000 people coming and he's got them all through Facebook advertising. So if you want to have a kind of a sneak peek at the way he does his advertising, then take a look at this blog post. It's gold. That's pretty amazing. Like 10,000 people. Yeah. Can you actually fit 10,000 on the 
on the on the, on the webinar. I think it's there a thousand limit. Actually, yeah, I wonder what tool he's using. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, oh, that's really interesting. I'm sure there's some of those big tools that easily handle it. That's how many he's got registered. I wonder how many turn up. There'd have to be a dropout, right? It's normally around 50% drop yeah. off. So, yeah. Still not bad. But to get all those registrations, yeah. All right. Our podcast of the week, Craig. Oh, look, um, there's this little known podcast called The Hubcast. We might just give them a shout out. <laughs> no, just thought we couldn't, couldn't not mention The Hubcast after George and Marcus uh, uh, mentioned us um, earlier. So thank you. All right, our app of the week. Now, here's an app of the week that we obviously should be using all the time, but we often forget, don't we? Yeah, we're using the HubSpot marketing app on your iPhone and Android. And it's great because you can actually do marketing activities on the go. Yep. So we've got a link to where you can download that. They've got a CRM app as well. We might talk about that next episode. But the marketing one's really good. You can jump into your smart Yeah, lists. and like I said before, what was really interesting is you can see how email campaigns are performing. You can see your sources report. You can actually, when a lead comes through, you can see what they've filled out. But you can, if you look at the web analytics history, you can actually see where they originated from, which is what I always go to have a look at. Because that to me is like gold. Like I just go, well, where did they come from? Was it social? Was it paid social was it uh, a keyword search and i think that's a great part yeah and speaking of social they've got a great twitter client within the app as well all right quote of the week craig finally coming, yeah coming to the end but this is from seth godin read this this is a great quote you, you yeah look this through. is a blog post he did and he talked about marketing in four steps but what was really there was obviously one to the, i want to highlight the fourth step it says the last step is so often overlooked the part where you show up regularly, consistently, and generously for years and years to organize and lead and build confidence in the change you seek to make. I thought that was gold. It is gold. Seth, he's good, isn't he? He is. <laughs> All righty. Well, that's it. That's the end of episode 49. You know you know what that makes next episode? Be the yeah. big 50. 50. Should we celebrate? What should we do? I'm not sure, Craig. I think 52 was going to be. 52 was going to be the, yeah, they hit the one year mark, wasn't it? Yeah. That's right. We'd love your comments and thoughts and feedback. So please either, well, or do all of them. Hit us up on Twitter. You can tweet us at Hubshots. Uh, you can leave a comment on at the end of this um, episode on the website. And we'd love you to join our WhatsApp group. So that's hubshots.com slash WhatsApp. And Follow us on Instagram. Instagram. And see some new stories. We're also on Facebook too, I think. And Facebook as well. Oh, gee, we're everywhere, aren't we? And we'll be at Inbound, so we'd love you to join us there as well. And more details on that in the WhatsApp group. Until next time, see you, Craig. See you, Ian. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of Hubshots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.